Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by KB's Car Care on 321 North Main Street in Jonesville, South Carolina. They offer hand car wash, vacuum, clean interior, and full detail. While you wait on your vehicle, custom seating is available as well as the dining area. Open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., so make sure you stop by. Today's episode is also sponsored by Big Ben's Dessert. If you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, this is the place for you. They have a wide variety of desserts, including cakes, ice cream, banana pudding, and my personal favorite, the Oreo Cheesecake. They open Tuesday to Saturday from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. and Sunday from 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Closed on Mondays. So stop by and visit Big Ben's Dessert on 297 Spartanburg Highway in Lyman, South Carolina, where nothing could be sweeter. So thank you guys for sponsoring this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast. This is our self-investment tour. We are still here in Vegas right now. We have another special guest with us today. He's the owner of Beats, Beats by Beers. Beats and Beers. I don't know why I want to say Beats No, nah, everybody likes to say that, you know, because of the X, but Beats it's all good. Mr. Brandon Carter, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I appreciate you for um, taking the time to come sit with us. Like yeah, I was man. telling you um, before... Um, we started this interview, like how, how everything came about. You know, I sat down and made a list of places we wanted to, to go to and yeah, travel yeah. to on our on our self investment tour. So, with no major uh, sponsorship, we had some local sponsors help us um, help us out to get to where we're trying to go to. Um, we sat down, I sat down, wrote down a list of places. Uh, I know I was telling you about um, um, Marty. Shout out to Marty. Thank you for having yeah, me. Yeah, shout out to Marty. Um, we, we interviewed um, her other client, uh, Miss Camille Masunda, owner of um, Ebony Wine and Spirits. Yeah, yeah. So when I was on the phone with Marty, she was like, you know, I got another client that's out in Vegas. Um, you can, you'd be more than happy to um, talk to him. And I was like, you know what? It's crazy because I sat down. And this was probably maybe like two days before I had a conversation with Marty. I was like, you know, it's crazy. I just sat down and I made a list of places that we wanted to travel to. You know, yeah. We've never been to and, um to go too far interviews and um I'm, I'm just a firm believer like the way the, the way i process things I, like, I always write things down now it's for me it's just a power just right yeah down. man it's powerful yeah so i um wrote it down and marty was like you know um he's i got brandon out here in uh, vegas i was like you know what i didn't know when we we're gonna, gonna come but uh, i just knew we was gonna try to make a way out here and then i think we started we started the tour back in june and um uh, finally made Finally made it out here in October, so I'm glad we are able to make it happen. Um, but thank you for um, joining us today. Man, man appreciate y'all having me. Man, absolutely. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So for people start watching this interview, um, who is Brandon Corder? Um, Man, that's a, I feel like that's a, a very open-ended question. Yeah. But, um, man, uh, a creator, a creative, uh, a lover, um Definitely um, just passionate about um, the community, passionate about where I come from, passionate about uh, offering good um, to the world, and a firm believer of if you put good in, you will receive that same energy back. So, man, I'm passionate about uh, music. Mm-hmm. So everything I do is centered around, centered around music. Um, some may know me as a uh, starting out as a music producer, um, which obviously that developed over time into a whole entire brand. But yeah, man, just overall, even I mean, even that can't really define me. It's a piece of me, but it doesn't define me. Uh, just an overall creative man. I just love creating, and man, I always tell people like, man, if I couldn't create, I don't know what I would do. Like, I would rather not be here if I couldn't mm-hmm. create. Like, that's how serious, like, creating 
is to me and my creativity. So absolutely. Now we we'll go back a little bit. You say you're from from Flint, Michigan. From Flint. How 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 was life growing up in uh in Flint, Michigan? Man, believe it or not, because Flint gets such a bad rap, man. It was I wouldn't choose to be from anywhere else, man. It was, mm-hmm. man. Going growing up in Flint was can we cuss? Yeah, go ahead. Speak your mind. Yeah, yeah. growing up in Flint was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just period, it was, you know what I'm saying, back when we was growing up, it was, I mean, it was, it was alive and, um, and well, like, it was very, uh, very community-based, it was a small city, but I can say growing up, I didn't necessarily feel that, or maybe that's because it's all I knew at the time, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was very, very, uh, people were very passionate about the city, um, Especially everybody passionate about the high schools they went to, the side of towns they, you know, stay on. And, man, growing up in Flint, man, it taught me a lot, man. It taught me, you know, the hustle, the grind, uh, all of that. Because in Flint, I mean, we don't got, I mean, the industry don't exist, you know what I'm saying, Flint. Hardly nothing, you know, creative-wise or arts-wise. Like, it's not the place mm-hmm. for that. You know, Flint is pretty much where... It's where GM started. Um, so it's known for factories and all that type of stuff. So everybody there is pretty much like that was the thing. Like our grandparents and stuff like that. Like it wasn't no, you know, saying no college. It was like everybody. Like if you worked at GM, that was like you made it. You know what I'm saying? Type of thing. And so that thing just kind of passed on and passed on. So when you try to do something that's like creative or musically or whatever people looking at you like what because they never really saw it you know so they never saw nobody make it successfully and live a life off of that so Mm -hmm. um and 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 now that you said that we we were talking about it earlier um same thing for us in in south carolina in south carolina we're in the upstate of south carolina and where we are bmw and michelin is like the like the i guess like the best plant where the some of the highest plant paying plants in the upstate. So you get yeah. there, a lot of people say, man, they're going to get there and just stay there. I mean, it's nothing wrong with entrepreneurship is not it for everybody, but a lot of people, you know, get content with, you know, working those jobs. 100%. And when, you, and when you do something out of the norm, it's kind of like um, they look at you kind of crazy to yeah. a sense. But but when you say, when you, when you mention Flint, I, I really didn't hear too much about it. I remember when we were in school, I thought about this the other day. It was a book that we read when we, I might have been in like second grade or third one or something like that, but it was a book called Bud Not Buddy, and they were based in Flint. And then I remember after that, just some years years ago when um y'all had the issue with the, the water. water. And, yeah, the water. Yeah, that's when I finally like uh, heard about Flint again then. Yeah. But um how, how, are, how are things now anyway? With this? Is that situation still kind of... I mean, it still exists. Like, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, uh, I mean, I feel like, I personally feel like, man, we'll never know what's, you know, what's kind of going on or, you know, it's just like for all these years, it kind of been like spoon fed, just like different information. At this point, you don't really know what to believe. So I do feel in the city, there's a, uh, there's kind of a, a distrust you know, in terms of, like, the residents mm-hmm. and the people of the city versus, like, you know, trusting, like, the, the government, you know, officials because... Right. Now they go, yeah. yeah. So it's like, and that's just, like, an ongoing thing with other, you know what I'm saying, whatever issues there is now, it's like, you know, we don't we don't, we don't trust really uh, is And, you know, there's no, you know, definite, 
you know what I'm saying, answers or whatever. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying, soon the issue get resolved. But, man, I get asked that everywhere, everywhere. Because yeah. I remember it was in the news for a while, and yeah. then all of a sudden, when they don't make it like the headline, it'll make you feel like, okay, the situation is over with. But a lot yeah. of times, this stuff is still going on, but they don't bring attention to it. Yeah, man, it still exists, and I feel like... You know, for a while it was, you know what I'm saying, like you said, in headlines, there was a bunch of celebrities coming mm-hmm. in town and stuff like that, but it's just, I don't know, it just died down. You know how how most things do. After a while, it kind of it died down. Like, at first it was a good headline, now it's like... It's like on to the next. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the people in the city left to kind of sort through it and figure mm-hmm. it out, but... Yeah, hopefully um, it gets resolved. I mean, on the flip side of that, a lot of other things are moving forward in the city. So hopefully that is as well. So, so growing up in Flint for you, like, what what kind of things um, were kind of grabbed your attention? I know you say you're um, a creative and you know, yeah. music and everything. Like, what were some of the things that kind of like that you um, gravitated towards growing up? Man, music was like, music was my thing, and I remember like it used to be a point where. You know, I didn't know what a music producer was. I just knew I always wanted to be involved in music some type of way. I was always infatuated with, like, watching videos, watching award shows. It was, like, a real thing to me. And I didn't realize it at the time, but as I grew older, I was like, dang, like, I was really into this, you know, then, mm-hmm. like, that stuff really excited me. So I remember, like, probably, it wasn't until I was probably, like, seventh grade, before that, I remember doing a project in elementary and I wanted to uh, design shoes. Like, mm-hmm. I wanted to just draw and design shoes. I didn't even know if that was a real job, mm-hmm. technically, in terms of like how you even, you know, go after something like that. But mm-hmm. I used to just draw shoes all the time. But that was just me expressing like creativity, creativity at the time. Yeah. And then I remember getting to like the seventh grade, still my best friend to this day, first person I met in middle school. And we, he was, like, taking up, like, guitar lessons or something at the time. And I'm like, man, I'm finna get this beat machine for Christmas. And we was like, man, we about to start a band at the time. We didn't know what we was talking about and nothing like that. He didn't want to let nobody know that he was, like, learning guitar because that was something that wasn't even cool at the time. Like, it was like, we even I looked at him like, guitar. Like, you know, like, we don't don't be doing that. So, but, yeah, so we... Kind of start forming our own thing, like, and so every Christmas I would try to get like a new little piece of something, you know what I'm saying, to go along with that. Follow with keyboard and all of that, and kind of just start diving, diving into it, man. I remember ninth grade, we uh, we call ourselves starting our own record label or whatever in ninth grade. And looking back on it, like it was like we was ahead of our time mm-hmm. at the time because nobody was thinking of like starting a record label like gathering all these people for this one specific purpose like we was actually going to the studio and all of this and we like just so young but man that was my thing back then i didn't play any um i didn't play any sports like a lot of my friends did but it was just something that was just something that just didn't interest me um but the only thing i would really really get lost in time with was was music and i remember hiding that for a while like from my parents um from everybody pretty much because it was a thing where i felt like it wasn't going to be accepted as 
a real thing. It was more like a hobby, hobby, you know what I'm saying? A hobby to them. But I'm like, no, nah, like, I really want to do this. And I always say, like, damn, like, I wish I would have, you know, out of high school, just went on to, like, an engineering school, producing, you know, or whatever, and just took that on instead of going to traditional college where I felt like I wasted a bunch of time and money at. We just had that, we had that conversation <laughs> yeah. in our recent, yeah. in our recent interview, we had, we were just talking about the same stuff about, you know, going the traditional route, you know, doing things instead of like, like you saying, being a creative and doing what you truly want to yeah. do. What, what would you say, do you think that your parents kind of like wanted you to do, you know, um, growing up like did you feel like they had a certain path they wanted you to choose uh well so my older brother he's uh five years older than me so he graduated high school you know did a traditional thing he went to uh went to college my mom you know she did the she did the same they both got you know master's degree so it was expected of me to kind of follow in that same those same footsteps Mm -hmm. and it was like that's just what my whole family like expected me to do and so I felt the pressure getting out of high school I felt obligated to doing that so that's what I did I didn't even know what I would do if I even obtained the degree mm-hmm. because I didn't necessarily want to do this I'm just doing it of course you know we go and I'm like okay I major in business business management and just at least I can get some type of business skills or knowledge from that but it's still like I'm not doing this for me, really. I'm doing this for uh, for my mom and for my family, mm-hmm. and because I don't want to be looked at as like a failure or as like, oh, I'm not doing nothing. Then I just you know did that, and that like occupied everybody else's mind for the time. Like, oh, he in school. That gave them something to say to everybody to else. Everybody like, what else. he doing now? He yeah. in school, and you know so. I, you know, I did that for a while, and that ran its course, man. I ended up hopping from school to school to school to school <laughs> to school, just hopping around. Yeah. Man, I was using, the one thing I can say, man, I was using them refund checks, though, to go buy. Leave it up. Yeah. We, we balling. Yeah. I was buying, but see, I, I will also, because it got to an age, when I got to, like, college age, and I started moving into, like, the real professional, like, equipment and stuff like that. Like, it wasn't no, my mom would buy that for me for Christmas because it got to the point where that was too expensive at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would use them refund checks, and I'm like, man, I'm going to go get this keyboard. <laughs> man, I remember, uh, man, I bought my first keyboard on uh, eBay, and this was before, like, PayPal was really, like, popular as it is, and it was all the protection around buying stuff on eBay. Man, it was like a thousand dollars, and uh, I didn't sent the money off in a. I think it was a. It was a money order. Sent it off, ain't never get never. nothing. Nothing, never mm. get nothing. And that was like my first like professional keyboard. But I took the next the next semester, man. I um, took that as a L. Went to the actual store this time. Bought and bought a keyboard, man, but yeah, I was gonna say, man, when you talk about those refund checks, they they took me down memory lane because that was my first time. Like, I never really had that much. It was maybe like you might for me. I only got maybe about twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars. Yeah, that's the most money I ever seen at one time. At one time, at like, one that's time. how much money. I, that was the most money I had in my possession. Yeah, at one time. So that was like, and man, I'm just. I remember buying a. a 
of just being not knowing. Bought a little necklace from the mall, yeah. maybe like two hundred fifty dollars. Then I went back. I saw Gucci having like I remember when the Lemonade song came out. He having a yellow chain, so I went and bought like a little yellow necklace. <laughs> another two fifty. Yeah. We go to the club. We ain't waiting in line. Skip line. Yeah. We gotta pay forty. Come on, skip line forty dollars. Come on, we just throwing away man, money. Yeah, I was doing dumb stuff too, man. I had like I had a. Uh, two phones, like I was just doing just dumb stuff, like at the time. But yeah, like you said, bro, at that t- at that particular time, I never thought about it till now. Until you just said that, like I hadn't had that much money never. at one time before, so it was like, man, that refund, that refund hit, man. You was ready. And the thing is, like now, I tell people, like it's a it's a loan for a reason. But for me. I was like, man, that's that's down the line, man. I got four years in college. I'm gonna be able to yeah. pay this back later on. So I'm not even thinking about it. Like you really got this money got to be paid back, plus interest and all yep. this stuff. And man, it just just throwing away that money, man. Just understand. And then for me, I would just I had enough money to cover stuff. But I was like, let me get a little bit more so I can have something to spend on the on the side. And so just just borrowing all that money, man. And just, just now I look at it like. I mean, I'm thankful. My parents. I always say I'm thankful for what my parents did for me and my uh, my brother and my sister. We all went to college. and We got our degrees. Mm-hmm. Cause my parents, they weren't fortunate enough to go to college, so they made sure we went. But now I still feel like okay, I, I got my degree, but was it really worth it? Sometimes I feel. Let me ask what's your degree in. Uh, at my major was information management. I had a minor in uh, uh, biz. You know, I changed my minor from business. I went to um, um. Information uh, mass media because okay. I was on. I had a business minor. Yeah, well, I you didn't like it. Moving in the field. Yeah, and then so my senior year, I picked up. A, I changed my minor um, to mass media, so I started doing the broadcasting. So that's when I started covering. Because um, we we're like an hour, a little bit over an hour away from the um, Charlotte, so I covered the Panthers, Hornets, NASCAR. Uh, I covered softball. Um, I got connected with a guy down in Atlanta named Marcus Burnett who owns black owned company called SUV TV. So he covers sports, mm. covers softball through them. And they take me to different places with them as well. So that's when I, once I started covering those games and, you know, being in the presence of athletes and getting a chance to, you know, pick their brains. It was crazy because you, you see these guys on TV, but when you actually get in front of them for the first time, yeah, you're like, yeah. dang, man. Like I was like, I seen Melo when he was with the Knicks. I was like, dang, I'm up close and Personally, like right here with Melo in the locker room with him, I saw Dirk, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh. This was the season when LeBron first went back to Cleveland. So when um when LeBron when they when Cleveland came, LeBron was out because he was hurt at the time. I think it was like his back or something. But Kyrie was there. Um, they still had the um, Waiters at the time. But I just remember just seeing all of these guys, yeah, like up close and personal. So once I got the feel for that, and then you know, Coach Cox would just throw me a headset and a microphone and have me talking. So like, okay. Now I kind of feel like I got a feel for what I wanted to do. But even after I graduated, still had to kind of create my own opportunity because, you know, you hear lack of experience yeah. and, and all that type of stuff. So it still kind of forced me to kind of create my own. So it kind of led to this. I ended up getting one job that was part-time. Um, I don't even want to make this about me just having a conversation, yeah, yeah, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but I remember one job that I had. It was a part-time job at the radio station um, in Greenville. And I shared this a few weeks ago on Facebook. It was like I would drive an hour to work every day for $10 an hour. Um, and by the time I got paid, for the most part, I was I either broke even or I was in the hole because I was driving to work $10 an hour. $10 an hour for just a, for an hour worth of um, – drive an hour to work for $10 yeah. an hour. So it was just like 
I, at the time, I was like, man, hey, this ain't even really working. But when I look back at it now, it's like, man, it helped me with all the editing, like the audio and the visual stuff, everything that you yeah. see. That's what it took me. That's what I learned from it. So I was telling people, like, it's a blessing and a lesson in everything that you do. Don't just look at it for what it is. Just look at it for, like, the potential of what it could be because yeah, it can lead man. to more. It's um, this tweet. I think uh, Charlotte, I repost it all the time, but it was a couple years ago. Charlemagne had made it, and it was... To the extent, I don't know the exact, remember the exact words, but it was basically saying most people don't recognize the opportunity unless it's a paycheck a page attached, attached to, it. to it. Yep. Which is uh, very true, man. Sometimes it ain't about the money. Well, a lot of times it ain't about the money, man. It's about the experience, man. And getting that experience can get you to where you're trying to get to. And a lot of people don't look at the long run. They look at like their current situation mm-hmm. where they thinking about currently like man I gotta do this so I gotta make this but in the long run man that could pay off and get you paid what you thinking about plus way more yeah man cause I, I tell you I tell anybody man when I was driving like that I was in the hole and when I was covering um, driving to Charlotte covering games and stuff I ain't really have like all the money but I was just like man it was just something I enjoyed doing man getting a chance to be in front of those athletes I even had another intern. I had two separate internships. One of them was a guy named Mr. Gene Brown. He got arrested, so he passed away. This guy had never um, met me before, and I spoke. I, he came to my job. Um, his wife came to my job, and I saw she had a Panther sticker on the back of her car. And I was just like, you um, work for the Panther? She said, no, my husband does, but he's getting ready to retire. He's been head of security. So we exchanged information. She came back. She said, when you call, tell them um, to uh, you spoke with Gene Brown. So I gave him a call, and right after that, Panthers brought me up for an interview. This was for a guest relations um, position at the stadium. As soon as I told him I knew Gene Brown, no other questions. They're like, we 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 love what Mr. Brown is doing, and they they got me. They walked me right in, right through the door, just like that. And even that job, well, it was, they paid me like nine dollars an hour. So I was still driving to Charlotte for nine dollars an hour. I mean, it was. For me, what I was doing at the time, like I, I still wasn't making a lot of money, but it was just another opportunity, and I Let still learned so this. much through that. How did uh, like your parents and stuff like that feel about? It? Did they feel like you were wasting like your time, or did they see the opportunity in it all? Well, as from well? What, the sports part, they didn't they didn't say too much about it. They understood. They they were trying to like be more supportive because I was still in college at, the, at okay, that time. Okay, okay, okay. So they they were cool with it because they know it was an internship. So I was still trying to you know yeah, still yeah. learn and get my feet wet or whatever. But after that, it was kind of more of like after you graduate, okay, you know you got bills, you got kids. Like how you gonna take care of all your circumstances right now? Like it's time to like get serious about what you're doing. And then it's like you know sometimes for me I. Would, I would kind of question myself sometimes, like, dang, am I doing the right thing? I'm investing all this time into the into what I'm doing, what I yeah. love doing. But it's like, man, you still you still got responsibilities to take care of. And then sometimes you look around, you see your friends getting homes, they're married and stuff. Oh so you feel that God. pressure of all yeah. this stuff. So it's like, dang, man, like, am I really doing yeah. what I'm supposed to be doing? But, man, it's, it's just one of the things. Well, my parents, I think my parents kind of, like my book came out back in March. I wrote my very first book. It's called F School Life is Your Best Teacher. And it's been running on the screen. Hey man, I need a copy of this. Yeah, book. I got you. Yeah. I, I got you. And uh so on the cover of it it's a picture of me and my son and he's holding my um degree. So when you look at it, you're like, why is he saying F school? But he went to college. But when you read it, you'll understand. But I, I, I to me I feel like once my parents came to my book signing and they saw me speak, 
about my my dreams and my vision and things that I went through to set up a lot of these interviews. I felt like that was the time where they finally understood, okay, now he's um, doing something he really enjoyed doing. Yeah. And that was like the first time. But before then, it was kind of like, okay, you, you know, you're getting older, your kids getting older. Like, what are you going to do? You know, are you going to try to like get a, a real, well, I have a job still, but I still do this. Like, I'm more invested into this, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like, what are you going to do? You know, your friends get married, they buying homes, they have kids, you know, having families. Like, what are you going to do? And it's just like, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm trying to live up to everybody else's expectations. I want to run my own race. But I think that was the time when they saw me in my book signing was kind of like, okay, now I understand. Like, I'm going to let him, you know, I'm going to support him, get behind him. And um, let him um, do what he do, and I'm still, you know, still figuring things. Out. I'm not perfect at all. Yeah. But it's like, even like this tour, man. It, it took a lot to, you know, make all this stuff happen. Hey, man, I understand 100 percent. I'm sure I uh, will get more, a lot more into it. But yeah, man, I identify with that a lot, man. Like, I mean, I started out doing music, you know, with a lot of uh, my friends and stuff like that. Same thing you said. Like a lot of them. Um, the matter of fact, the, the best friend that, um, I was telling you about, I started with, like, he was, uh, he was into sports, so he went to school, scholarshiped up and all of that, and we were still doing music, but I would be at home, you know what I'm saying, doing music, he off, you know what I'm saying, doing the hoop thing, so of course, like, music not at the forefront, you know what I'm saying, for him, as much as it is, uh, for me, or whatever, and, you know, I, I witnessed the same thing, I witnessed my friends graduate from college, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they got real like careers right. going on, and I'm just like I'm just out here still trying to like figure it out. And you know what I'm saying? Of course, like my mom and everybody else looking at it like, okay, now it's about that time. Everybody else, you didn't graduate, it went mm -hmm. from high school. You know what I'm saying? Moving on to that other part of other other part of life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Buying houses and everything like yeah. you said and i'm just like out here man i moved to uh new york uh one point i used one of them refund checks Got i moved new to new york <laughs> i moved all my classes online so i could be in new york and um still uh be in school but it didn't it didn't work out the school part didn't work out because it was like man i'm in new york there's so much going on like i ain't got time to be doing this work I'm like, anything that come up pertaining to music, I was always there. Like, that was always going to come first. And I felt like I had to make the most of that particular opportunity. Like, I, I got to do everything while I'm here. So, man, it's just crazy. The many things you, you know what I'm saying, you go through, especially when you're passionate mm -hmm. about, about something. And you're not just doing it just because it's a paycheck attached to it. Or it's just, or it's work. Yep. So, yeah, man, it's crazy. You gotta love it. But, and I think you always want that support from, like, your family, you know, to get behind you. Man. But at the same time, we all got to understand that they don't have our vision. Like, mm -hmm. for the most part, our parents, well, I, I can't speak for everybody's parents, but my parents, you know, I don't think I, it was kind of like they were just taught to survive. Like, I don't think I saw them do was just get up and go to work. And they made sure we had everything that we needed to be okay, you know, like food, clothes, everything like that, but it wasn't to the extent of you know like creating their own opportunities, like mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. Like I, I wasn't really, the only person I ever really kind of saw doing that was my uncle. Um, he had his own lawn care business. He had a full time job, but then he did that on the side. 
But um, sometimes on weekends, he would let us come with him, grab a weed eater, make weed eat around different businesses and properties he would go to, make help make us a little side money as well. But that was kind of like the only time that I really experienced entrepreneurship was when I saw my uncle doing it. My mm-hmm. parents, they didn't they didn't do that. They they didn't have that opportunity to. Yeah. Did you well, did you come up with um in your in your childhood growing up? Did, did, were you ever exposed to entrepreneurship? Not at all. Yeah. And I'm probably man, not at all. I'm the first one that I know, especially like out of my family, that's chosen an entrepreneurship path. Everybody else kind of had like traditional jobs, traditional careers, so it was a completely new, um, completely new thing. Like I wasn't raised around entrepreneurs, so I was just knew I had to figure this out on my own. However, I always knew it was something that I wanted to do. Like you said, um, I mean, my mom, I mean, she made sure we had, you know, what we needed. And, yeah, it wasn't about, you know what I'm saying, creating those additional opportunities and all of that. It wasn't about that, you know what I'm saying, at all. So, for me, man, I always just wanted more, man. I wanted something different. And I'm looking at, man, because I watched TV, you know what I'm saying, watched all these people on TV that I'm looking up to, whether it was like a Diddy or I say I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. Mm-hmm. So like looking at these people and it's like, man, it's like something else like is there. Like they figured out that it's more to, you know what I'm saying? It's more to life. And that was part of my reasoning too, for like moving to uh, New York was like, okay, if the business doesn't exist, where do I need to go to actually learn about the actual business? Like, I need to be in the midst in the of what's, yeah, what's going on mm-hmm. and people that's doing this regularly. Um, so, yeah, but I didn't have anybody around me. Even when I said that, that I was moving to New York, everybody was like, uh, well, I guess, mm-hmm. like, nobody. I never knew nobody else I ain't had no other family in New York or nothing like that like I just went. you just kind of felt like that's where you needed to be that's where I needed to be like I was willing to do any and everything I could to be next to this business that I'm passionate about mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying be next be around the people that's actually doing it cause that was the only way I was gonna figure it out I ain't had nobody around me no music mentors mm-hmm. no people business wise none of that so I was willing to do any and everything. And I moved out there and I stayed, I moved in with somebody I barely even knew, you know what I'm saying, at all. Like, mm. so it was it was just something that I was just at passionate about and I just believed and had faith, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, have faith. That gotta have gonna, faith as an entrepreneur. Man, that's the only thing you got to lean on, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, a lot of times. And one of the best things happened to me though while I was out there and I didn't understand it at at the time, but man, I started on, um, it was this radio station because I had this manager out there at the time too, and he used to take me to this radio station, so I built a, a relationship like with the radio station or whatever, and uh, I would go up there every time they would be like interviewing guests or whatever, he was like, when I tell you when somebody coming up here, you can come up here and play some beats for them or whatever, so I would do that all the time. But a while after that, maybe like a year or so, I had moved back to to Michigan or whatever. And I ended up getting a call from uh, the um, person who was over the radio station. And he was like, man, it's this contest 
coming up, I'm working on with Vibe Magazine and uh, McDonald's. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to do no contests. But he was like, nah, trust me, like, at least if you don't win, you get the publicity from it. So I'm like, all right, cool. So we do this, uh, me and my partner, we do this contest or whatever. And the uh, ending prize was, y'all get to, uh, we'll fly y'all to Atlanta and you get to do a song with, uh, with Big Crit or whatever. So we breeze too. Yeah, we breeze through the contest. The contest is three rounds. Crit was like after the second round, he was like, I don't even want care about the third round. I just want them. Like right. I want to work with them. And so we had to act like the contest was still going on and all of that cuz they had to still had other contestants and all of that. But by con- time the contest was over, they had already flew us to Atlanta. We had already did the song with Crit and all of that. But saying that to say if I didn't make that move to New York, like that opportunity would have never never, know. never happened because I would have never even met him or even had the relationship, you know what I'm saying, to make that to make mm-hmm. that happen. So later on I end up understanding, you know what I'm saying, the purpose and stuff I was getting out of New York. See that's that's why I love these stores, man, because it, it just it just shows you like the faith and like you you you're not gonna you're not gonna see everything like how it's supposed to play out. It's Mm-mm. it's not for you to see. You just gotta understand. You just have to be willing to take that first step. Man, you gotta trust the vision. You trust oh, the I vision. mean, entrepreneurship, man, it's so up and down. It's like it one. It's like one day, man, you can make a fortune. The next day or the next week, you ain't make nothing, or mm-hmm. you in the hole. You know what I'm saying? And you do it all. Either way, you still gotta keep. You know what I'm saying? Keep the keep the faith. Keep the oh, you faith. Gotta, you got you got to keep going, and you still got to take those steps. Like you got to take those you, steps. And when you down, man, that's probably the times when you should probably be working the hardest. Mm-hmm. I remember one of my favorite people. Um, I, I talk about him all the time in my interviews. And uh, Ben Hall, he was the guy that, that changed everything for me. And he was like, man, when you're an entrepreneur, he's like, that's almost the closest you can get to God because you got to have that faith. Like even man, when you don't man. see things, man, it was like you just gotta trust that he gonna do his part, and he always do, man. He's like he, he gonna pull you through. It's like you just go you gonna have those days where it might be tough, but when you have that faith that everything gonna pay off, like you just gotta keep on going. And man, I truly going. I truly believe that. I'm gonna make sure I post that later on. But entrepreneurship is definitely man. probably the closest you can get to God for real. For man, real. I remember it was. It was probably about two years ago, and, and I actually I had her back on um, earlier this year. There's a lady named Sulandi Hammond. She stayed in King Street, South Carolina. And I told this at my book signing as well. It was one day, the first time I, we were going down, we drove three hours to go interview her. And I probably had about maybe $150 in my account. Driving down, I filled my tank up. And I had, uh, next thing I know, I had a little notification come to my phone. saying, your phone bill, you need to pay your phone bill now, whatever. You know, I, I'm tired. stuff hit you at the, at worst the wrong time. time. Yeah. Like, so man. I'm like, man, I got now I got to pay my phone bill. So I went ahead, paid my phone bill. I had maybe like fifty dollars at my account. We had to try to get something to eat and everything. So my cameraman, like, he don't even know the stuff that's going on. I'm like, hey man, we just got to go here. And for me, like, I hold a lot of stuff in, and so man, I don't really tell I'm them sure. what's going on. I'm just, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. just grinding, doing what I'm supposed to do, and just trusting the vision. And I'm like, man, I'm down to like my last. like man what am I gonna do so man I'm feeling down and you know it's always like you trying to wait make it hang trying to hang on to your last few dollars to your next payday and we get down there man like I don't know what's gonna happen we shot the interview and she just admired the fact that we drove 
uh, three hours to come sit down and talk to her. We we spoke for maybe like it was over an hour, and uh, she put us on Facebook Live and everything. So we wrap up the interview, heading back up the road. She shoot me a text. She said, "Hey, shoot me your um your cash app. I would just just want to support y'all. I love what y'all are doing." Not knowing what she was gonna send or whatever, and and I and I said, "Is it not even about the money? It's what she told me when she sent it. She she cashed up a hundred dollars, and she sent a message that said, "I believe in you." For somebody that never even seen me before in her life to tell me that she believed in me, man, that meant the world to me. Like, cause I'm like down to my last few dollars, like hoping, hoping and praying, man. Like, don't nothing happen, cause if we get a flat tire, we need somebody to come pick us up. Like, I don't have nothing left yeah. in my bank account, and for this lady to send that money. And say I believe in you, man. That it was like a game changer. So I was like, man, that ain't that's nothing but God, man, and faith. And because I was like, man, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm I just kept on taking those steps. And next thing I know, it's just it's like these moments, yeah, man. Boy, like, that hundred dollars at that moment feel like a million. Everything. Yeah, it felt like a man, million. <laughs> I was down to my last. Yeah. And it's like, man, it was so many days. Like I and I never even tell people like my camera guy was like. I never even tell them like what's in my bank account or like I'm down to my last. I'm just like man, I'm cause I'm just happy that they trusted me to you know guide them on the right path and they follow me and believe it in me. So I'm I'm just happy for that. So I don't even tell them like man, I put my last few dollars in the tank and next thing I know, I got a phone bill due and I'm like, what else we gonna have after this? Like right. I'm just going. And this was like, this was like two years ago when that happened. Yeah, and just like man, but I was like, man, that's why as an entrepreneur, you you gotta have faith, man, because you gonna have those days, man, where you don't know. But it's and for me, I always felt like it's those times, and I and I'm not gonna even say I'm perfect now. Like sometimes I have moments where I'm like, dang, man, am I am I really doing what I should be doing? But then it's it's even things where people will reach out to me and say, hey, man, you're inspiring me, inspiring me to do what I want to do, man, to pursue my dreams, and like keep doing what you're doing. So stuff like that is like, man. That's what keeps me going. So I, I always appreciate those moments like that. But I, I want to ask you, like, so, so with, with the crit opportunity, what what record did y'all end up? Um, uh, it was this record uh, that um, McDonald's and Vibe they end up just uh, releasing it, but it's called "What You Know About That." Okay. Uh, no, it's it's called. Um, well, what's the name of that song? It's called. Um, dang. Uh, no, no, no. I got. I'm tripping. It's not that. <laughs> um, yeah. Hold on, I'm finna tell you in a second. But that was kind of like the first, like, felt like maybe like that was like the first breakthrough, like a big artist that was the no, first opportunity. Uh, oh, it is called What You Know About what It. You know. Yeah, it's called What You Know About It. Okay. No, that wasn't the first one, right? So before, before the crit thing, before New York, all of that, right? I'm sitting, I'm, you know what I'm saying, at this point, I'm just making beats for, like, my friends and people that's around me mm-hmm. at the time, whoever I could get on these beats. And so, I ended up, like, I started venturing on, this is probably, like, when Twitter first started, like, becoming a thing, people started being on there, so I started finding ways to reach these other artists, like, out of town or whatever. And so, at the time... Uh, I had somebody that was kind of managing me. He was in uh, upstate New York or whatever. And um, he was like, man, he called me one day and he was like, man, um, currency on one of your beats. And I'm like, man, yeah, right. So I was just like, whatever. And then, man, I remember it all happened so fast. He called me one day. Then 
the next day the song dropped. <laughs> like, it mm. all just happened, like, so fast. And it was, like, so fast to the point where it was, like, an adrenaline rush and I had a headache, like, because mm. I was that excited about it. And that was, like, the first time that I was, like, man, like, it's possible for my music to reach, you know what I'm saying, the, the masses or whatever the case was. So that was, like, the first... You know what I'm saying initial thing. Then I went on to produce a lot of stuff for just like they whole like crew just kinda overall or whatever. But that was like the the initial 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 thing. Man, that's 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 big, man. See we we almost forty minutes in already and we I haven't even asked you um about the, the big I know, we man, it's yeah, crazy. I know, I just know. sharing these stories, man. I just love having these conversations, but I was gonna get to it now. Like so how how did the beats and beers at concert actually All come right, about? So fast forward, um you know what I'm saying? Obviously, the beats comes from uh, me being being a producer or making beats. But what we used to do in the studio, we used to drink beers and make beats. So I was mm-hmm. like, man, let's make an album called Beats and Beers, right? We'll produce the whole thing, and then we'll just have feature other artists on there. Because I was big on that because... I would, me personally, I hate making, would hate making a bunch of beats and then just sending them out, hoping somebody get on them. So I'm like, man, I started creating my own projects where I put people on them, on these beats and kind of guided how I wanted them to be used. Mm -hmm. So we made this album called Beats and Beers. However, the name always sounded like something more to me. It always sounded like um, it could be like a festival or something else. And then, man, it was kind of at a time where I feel like uh, the internet was making it so producers were selling beats for, like, super, super low. I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm making a career off of this. And you can, they on YouTube just downloading beats and everything. Like, Mm -hmm. so I wanted to build my own, uh, build my own brand. And so in 2015, we started Beats and Beers festival which uh at south by southwest mm. in uh 2015 yeah so what happened is it kind of grew from there so we went back the next year and did beats and beers festival however at this time we developed in this audience that's kind of migrated from kind of everywhere everybody come to south by southwest so we uh had email contacts with all of these people that like RSVP, which was like 20,000 people or something like that. And yeah, so over time we developed this massive list of people, but they kind of live like all these other places. Mm-hmm. So that gave us the opportunity to build up audiences in all these different spaces or places so we could do other shows throughout the year and travel other places as well. Yeah, so we went, you know what I'm saying, from Austin, Texas. We, um, later on, I ended up, I moved to L.A. too. So, for the same reasons I moved to New York, I'm pursuing the business, pursuing the business. And so, started doing some stuff out in uh, L.A., different shows, and then, like, man, we just started traveling everywhere. Same thing, man, it's very similar. Same thing Mm -hmm. you saying about doing the tour, I was like, hey, we finna do Beats and Beers tour. No sponsors, no none of that, no nothing. I remember going to D.C., same thing you talking about, bro. I didn't have, and I remember I was supposed to get, like, some payments from some artists or something before I went. Payments never came or none of that, but I still had to go to D.C. Like, it was to the point where 
I was basically the only one from our team that had went out there to this particular show. This this one show was only me. And I'm like, because we got to see this show uh, through or whatever. So, went out there, bro. I had enough money to pay for one night of a motel. Mm. One night. And I didn't even know what I was going to do the rest of the night <laughs> while I was there. I was just like, man, please let something come through. Man, I get on Facebook and it's a message from... Um, from this dude I know that was like um he and we not even that cool like that we just you know like we I know him but we not even what? like cool we wouldn't hang or none of that but it was a message from him saying like man you out here in, um you out here in DC you know I live out here or whatever and I'm just like yeah man I'm at you know I told him where I was at he was like man why you hit me up man you can come stay stay with me I'm like Hell yeah! No, any other time, <laughs> any other time, I would have been like, man, I'm straight. Like, well, I don't even really right, know you. Right. I don't know what your situation is. But at the time, I'm like, shit, yes. Yeah. Like, I'm over there. I ain't even got no other choice right now. And he like, man, I come pick you up and everything. I'm like, hell yeah, because I don't even got no more money for no damn Uber or nothing. Yeah, I so feel he you, like, man, I yeah. come, I come pick you up. And so he came and uh, he came and picked me up. And man, it. It turned out to be one of the best, uh, one of the best trips. Honestly, like it was Howard's homecoming okay. at the time, and so we was having like this whole. It was a showcase and a panel sort of situation. So one of the people on the panel, he happened to work for a Def Jam, so mm-hmm. he was like, "Man, just come." And um, he had Rhapsody with him at the time. Okay. So he was like, man, just come with me to like these different spots or whatever. We gonna promote, you know what I'm saying, her album. So I ended up meeting like, you know what I'm saying, like Night Wonder, Young Guru, like all these different people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? They not knowing that I'm just like, man, I'm broke as, as yeah. fuck. And <laughs> even after, even still, even after I got the place, I still didn't really have no money, but I was still just kind of moving around off of that. And then I didn't even have a plane ticket back. So did they? Did they know? So those people? Did they know anything that you were like a producer or anything, or they just saw you just there? No, they just knew of the brand, the Beats and Beats Beers and brand. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. And so you know, we took pictures and all of that, and um, yeah, man, I ended up getting one uh, one of those artists or people I was waiting on. I ended up getting a payment from them, and that's how I was end up getting a flight back. But. Just going out there on faith, and to this day, that person from the Def Jam thing, like, we still cool, you know what I'm saying, to this day. But that's another one. Like, if I just didn't step out on faith, like, I would have never made, yep. you know what I'm saying, made that relationship. Yeah, it so much like being in the right place at the right time, and you you never man. know who you're going to meet. You just got to be willing to do it, man. And it's, man, I saw, I was watching, I mean, I love, um, Watching Inky Johnson too, and he he was saying things like a lot of people go into things with like expectations, and he said just get out there and, and work. Don't don't be a because te- a lot of times he said if people don't know if something is guaranteed to happen for them, they won't do it. Yeah, and he was like, man, just go out there and just just work, put in the work, and it is so true, man. And for you to just take those steps constantly and just not understanding, not seeing what's gonna happen, but it's still like building these relationships and brushing shoulders with the right. The right people, man. It, it pays off and it helps. Man, that's why, uh, man. It'd be hard for me to work with a lot of people because it'd be like, man, look, you're not willing to go as far as I'm willing to go. 
That's and funny, I don't necessarily yeah. expect you to go all the way as far yeah. as I'm going to go. But you know what I'm saying? You're just not willing to put have that same dedication to it that I'm willing mm-hmm. to have. And I think back to all of those times where, you know what I'm saying, I'm sleeping, you know, wherever or just doing whatever to to get the job done. And, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people just not willing to do that. But they think they really want, you know, this entrepreneurship life or, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, some stuff looks cool. You know, from from the outside, but they're not willing to put in that yeah, work for man, it. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, like people don't people don't understand anything. Like even when they see, like when people go back and watch these interviews, they think we just like just traveling, just like living it up and doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Which we try to have a good time when we go somewhere, but at the same time, like I don't even tell people like the process of like trying to put these like tours together, like what we're going to, and like reaching out to people, like. The process that I go through, like, I just tell, let my guys know, hey, this is where we're going. Like, can you make it or not, whatever. But it's just, like, so much that, that I put into it, man. If I if I really told people, like, the stuff that I'm going through, man, like, you, m- people probably wouldn't even understand, like, this stuff. And, like, and you, but in the same time, you can't expect them to have the same passion exactly. as you. Because exactly. it's not their vision. So exactly. they don't they don't see what you see. So they you, nobody's gonna have the same drive and, and that would be a problem if, if they were more passionate about it than me that would be a problem exactly. but, but you can't I can't expect nobody else but you know for me I'm just like man so dedicated committed to the process and just just going through the stuff man I remember it would be times where I would just like even I'm just trying to like get a start just interviewing local entrepreneurs man I would go like we would go I would sometimes I go take my son to eat at Pizza Inn and they would have a table with just like a bunch of different sponsors like plastered on their table. So I was like, I would take my phone, take pictures of it, try to reach out to these guys. I would take a coupon book, flip through the pages, yeah. see what kind of local sponsorships we got in there, try to walk into those businesses and ask them would they be willing to come on and share their story or offer any type of sponsorship. Like I would do all of those type of things just to like anything I could do to get a leg up. Like I would do all of that stuff just to learn and, and get a yeah. foot in the door and, and build those relationships with those people, man. And stuff like that, man. You have to go through that process. Like everybody won't see it, but you know you just still have to make those steps. I think that's it. But let, uh, I want to ask you something else though about like the beats and beers. So is that the concept? Is it kind of like catered towards like? independent artists like when they want to come on and perform like how how was that concept like um i would say at first it was now it's kind of transformed uh a little bit we got the, the drinks going behind the scenes we should have had them in front of the, just in front of the camera mm-hmm. but uh yeah i would say it um it kind of transformed a little bit so now it's like we do a variety of shows events and festivals um and it's all types so it depends it's just What's whatever is fitting to the occasion. So like one thing may be a showcase where we're showcasing, you know, independent artists or whatever the case is. Something else could potentially be, um, you know, like we do, we just did an event uh, where we do this yearly event um, back in Michigan called Beats and Barbecue, where it's a big, you know what I'm saying? Barbecue is more of a festival type thing and it's more focused on the DJs. Uh, we just did the block party, which is also more focused on the DJs, and we had just Blaze, uh, yeah, just Blaze DJing there, or whatever the case was. So it just depends on what it is, but man, most importantly, man, I just try to, I curate things that I want to attend, like mm-hmm. <laughs> and go to, and I try to think about the details of it all and have it very detailed from 
it's an experience from that experience from when you first hit the door or the entrance like what is that experience like like what is the rapport like with the people that's at the door you know what i'm saying when you come in like what's that you know what i'm saying experience what's that feeling like what are you gonna leave with or what are we gonna leave you with like are we having like stuff that people can take you know what i'm saying take with them tangibles that people are gonna go home later take pictures of or they got the t-shirts at the event that they want to keep wearing or take a picture of like i just try to think about the experience overall because mm-hmm. overall i want people to have a good time and most importantly it's about the fellowship of it all Absolutely. i want you to leave and you to met somebody or you know what i'm saying like it to be a memorable experience yep. not just like oh man we just partied and got drunk but no, nah, like we gonna have fun, we gonna have drinks, we gonna turn up, all of that. But let's not forget about the productive part of it as well. Like I feel like that's the ultimate win when you can go have fun and you feel like you've been mm-hmm. productive in the same. Exactly. Yeah. And, w- and when they see beats and bills like coming to their time, like okay, I had a good time with them last time. I see and they see the name, they know if they go. Yeah, bro. It's they gonna have a good time. It's yeah. easy. It's easy for anybody to remember. Beats and beers. When they see it, they automatically know, you know what it is. Um, it can't be nobody but us. It's trademark. Mm-hmm. So it's. I mean, yeah, man. I just. I and I love. You know, what I'm saying what I do. Do you remember the first event that you held and like how that experience went? Well, the first one was 2015. That was the one in South by. Yeah. Okay. And uh, to be honest with you. Man, I was so inexperienced at the time that uh, it did not go as planned mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> at all. But it was the best learning experience. Learning experience, yeah. It was the best. I learned so much from that. And it still took me time, even after doing a couple of more shows, to really like learn. I mean, I'm still learning stuff to, to this day. I'm always learning. Mm-hmm. But that one was like, man, I felt like it was a disaster at the time. I felt like I failed. And it was like, nah, man, just pick yourself back up and keep going. Like, mm-hmm. you did a good thing. You died. We dived into that. Like, I didn't know nobody in Austin. I found this venue on Craigslist and just hit up the That's person crazy. on Craigslist. Like, hey, I'm trying to have this. And they like, yeah, hadn't seen the venue, hadn't seen nothing. <laughs> like, just showed up the week of. Like, hey. And when I got there, I'm like, uh, this the venue. Like and made the but made the best, made the best uh, of it. Uh, the venue and um, yeah man I was happy to to actually be able to pull it off but I didn't realize how much of a big task it was that I was trying to pull off until you know what I'm saying we pulled it off so but man that's that's big though man like I I, I like that man because you just like I say it's it's constantly like you just betting on yourself and just taking a chance man, over always, and over always but you know man that's been the biggest wins for me. A lot of times when I put my fate in other people's hands, or for me, I'm just, yeah, yeah, it just don't go as I need it to go. Or you relying on somebody else to be passionate about something that's not necessarily their passion Mm -hmm. all the way or as much as it is yours. So I just, I I just like creating Mm -hmm. and I don't really do, you know, produce anymore because I got so busy with, with this but what I learned was I was passionate about I'm still passionate about music overall but the I still get the same satisfaction because for me it was never about creating music necessarily it was just about creating overall that's the thing mm. overall so as long as I can create 
I still get the same satisfaction I feel like I was getting. Yeah. What What would you say was the event for you where you felt like okay now we we solid I know we're gonna be around like this thing is here to to stay. Like, do you remember, was it any particular event that you said was like, okay, I would say the third year we did Beats and Beers Festival, I felt like that. In which the third year. And that was back at home or? No, Beats and Beers, it was at South Body. Yeah, that was 2017 was the third one. And I felt like, oh, I I looked around at that, um, at that show and I was like, oh, okay. I think we have, we had Trader Truth, um, Headline, that one. And I looked around at that show, and I'm like, nah, this feel, this feel different. It feel mm-hmm. like we, we got something. And prior to that, um, is when we started. I started spreading around to other cities as well. And uh, well, right after that, I would say right after that show, we started spreading around to all these other cities. And just looking at the response to it, and how people responded to it, how people wanted to wear like the shirts and all of that. I'm like, no, nah, we got. Mm-hmm. We got something for sure. As as this super dope man. Who who would you say were like your your musical like influences in in, in the culture? Like who influenced you? Man, Jay Z, top to bottom. Jay Z. Um, man, I just always study like the you know what I'm saying the business, the business moves. I always admire like the the braveness, the bold like business moves. Um, and I mean, another person, I guess, like, I don't care what people say about him, Kanye. I mean, there's some genius in there. Mm-hmm. He care. is. That he man, is. Man, one, of, be, one of the best. Yeah, it's going to be some best. stuff we don't agree with. Like, it's, even the haircut, I just saw him yeah. propose. But it, smart. Yeah. Smart. Exactly. So it's like, for me, I can look past, you know what I'm saying, all yeah. the surface. like, And it all is working yeah, for Yeah, the him. surface, yeah. whatever, and be like, hey. Is some genius in here somewhere. It like, is. obviously, like, y'all can say what y'all want, but somebody is out buying these shoes. Somebody is out, you know what I'm saying, getting this getting this music or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody is doing it. Like, because, and if y'all felt that much, you know, way about him, then his, the sales wouldn't be there. Exactly. So, somebody, is there some genius in what he's doing? So, I mean, I look at, I look at all of that, like, the branding uh, of it, like, I don't know. Yeah, so I would probably say those two probably are super, yeah, super huge. We had in our in the recent interview, we said, um, I said Kanye is probably the most polarizing artist in hip hop, definitely today, but one of the most polarizing ever. Like just the way when he's one of the people when he when you when he speaks, whether you agree or disagree with him. Yeah. You you take the time to listen to him, and he knows how to get in the headlines. He know how to get people attention. And people, like you said, people might feel a certain way about them, but they still go out and buy yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like, yeah. bro, the the best, I mean, the best to do it going to make you feel something, mm-hmm. whether it's make you feel good or bad. Now, it would be bad if you didn't feel nothing. You're just like, all right, next. But mm-hmm. even the people who feel bad about it, they have an opinion on it. Like, they have to yep. voice their opinion, you know what I'm saying, on it. So... He is working, man, doing, I mean, doing what he's doing. And, I mean, on another note, just as a as a creative, just overall, like, I feel like I identify with some of his frustrations. Like, I can, I can understand why he might be frustrated at sometimes. I mean, I don't know. I just, 
I agree. I, I want to ask you, um, you know, talking about Jay Z being a businessman, Kanye is a businessman as well. When you when you were doing these deals and uh, whether it was from um, producing stuff or credit or um, currency. currency or even when I saw you had some placements with ESPN or BET mm-hmm. and even with Beats and Beers, did you? When you were first doing it, did you understand like the business side of it, or were you kind of struggling with it? And did you need to try to get help with it? Like, how were you when it came to like the actual business part? Yeah, I didn't understand the business side of it, man. I just wanted to create, mm-hmm. um, and I was learning as I go. I'm a very hands-on learner, so I got to jump in and just kind of do my thing, and then figure it out along the way. That's going to be the best way for me to learn. Um, so no, I didn't necessarily understand, you know, mm-hmm. saying, all the business. And even when it comes to, like, marketing and stuff like that, I didn't understand a lot of this stuff. It was just something that I just dived into and figured and figured it out to where I was like, oh, okay, I'm kind of good at this or mm-hmm. whatever the case was. But, man, for the most part, no, I didn't I didn't know at that time, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, with things taking off the way that they are, um, is it are you having people buy more into, like, the vision and the concept of what you're doing and now that they want to, tag along and help you build build your vision like how how is it now when you see how things are man it gets weird it gets very very weird at times but yeah there are i mean a lot more um now that i have an understanding of like you know we get a lot more like sponsors and and stuff mm-hmm. like that you know um there's definitely people that reach out that you know that want to help but you know all things all money or all opportunities may not be, you know, good ones or mm-hmm. whatever the case is. But I'm very protective of the brand first Absolutely. and foremost. Like I don't want to accept anything, even if, even if somebody came to me with a check right now, and I'm like, man, this check looks so tempting. You don't want to compromise. Yeah, yourself, but yeah. I understand that. Yeah, it may be beneficial right now, but in the long run, this could hurt the whole overall mm-hmm. thing. This could, you know, what I'm saying, just mess up a bigger check. You know, so, yeah, there are a lot more people to, that reach out, but definitely a lot more things to weed through, you know, as well. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just a few more questions, and we'll get ready to wrap it up. What would you say the the, the biggest lesson that you've learned since you um, became an entrepreneur? Man, patience. Like, man, you got to be patient. For real, for real. I was just talking to... Uh, Man, the same best friend that I brought up <laughs> that I started music with, I was just talking to him, I think that was last night, and we was texting back and forth. And, uh, man, it's patience. It's learning how to, man, be able to stick to the vision, see the vision, even when, like we talked about, you had them times when it's down or ain't nothing working. I had some stuff that recently didn't work out. I was so passionate about it. And, I mean, it could still work out at a later date, but I got to be patient enough to understand that okay maybe you're not ready for this at this particular time but it could come back around right but the best things that i've had happen to me are the things that i was the most patient with Mm -hmm. they took a lot of time but when it came it came so patience is one of the the things like i feel like for any entrepreneur man you gotta learn that you gonna learn that quick and fast or you not oh, be yeah. entrepreneur most definitely and as far as adjustment what would you say was like kind of like a I know you speak about patience spoke about patience like what was like one of the adjustments that you had to, like biggest adjustments that you've had to make um man probably understanding that <laughs> being an entrepreneur um like I was talking about 
like your your money, you have to understand that well, you ain't getting no weekly check or yeah. no other every other week check. Mm-hmm. So when you you got a budget a little bit different, yeah, <laughs> you got to budget yours out a little bit different. And I mean, I'm still learning sometimes. Like, hey, you got to hold back on that because what if you know you got all this stuff lined up, but what if this doesn't? you know, happen or somebody pulls out or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So that was, I mean, that was probably an adjusting, adjustment, learning how to, learning how to manage. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm still getting better at that every day. That's still yeah. a work in progress um, and a learning. I, I would I would imagine, you know, with adjustments like COVID probably affected a lot of oh things too. God, man, when COVID hit, I spent probably like the first, two weeks of this shutdown being depressed because I'm like, I don't know what I'm finna do. But, you know what I'm saying, we made it, we made it through, man, and by the blessings of God, I mean, I mean, we had all types of stuff, you know, come through and where I could make it comfortable. It gave me more time to just kind of plan and do some other stuff, man. For mm-hmm. real, for real. I'm just curious to know, you know, I know you took a chance and you went to New York, stayed in New York, um, Moved to LA. Yep. Now you're out here in Vegas. Like, do you feel like it was necessary for you to like get away from home in order to make it, or how, how do you look at your situation? I do. I feel like it was necessary for me to experience some different things, just probably culturally, open my mind up a little bit. I always say like I got my hustle from um, from uh, Flint, but I feel like I got my style from like LA. Like it was mm. a different, like going to like events in LA and just seeing how stuff was done there and curating those different experiences yeah i feel like all of that kind of made me you know say who i am and if i didn't go to those places and experience those different things like i wouldn't necessarily i don't feel like i would be the same or have the same ideas but sometimes it's 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 crucial to just see what's possible because sometimes around you like i said flint wasn't a place where a lot of stuff happened so by me going to these places in New York or L.A., I'm walking outside in L.A. Like, we ain't stay in the best neighborhood, but in, down anywhere you walk out in L.A., you can see a, a Lamborghini come down the street at any moment. So seeing this stuff and understanding that it's possible. It's that exposure. It's pe- yeah, it's people around you that's actually doing it. And people will talk about, man, L.A. is so expensive. And granted, it is. But for me, it was like I'm here and I'm looking at all these people around me that's living very comfortably. So somebody didn't figure something out. Because they ain't out here complaining. Yep. Like we talking about like we talking about. So somebody didn't figure something out, but that lets me know that it's possible. Like and it's it's very it's very doable. Mm-hmm. And if you just step out on faith a lot of times, like you'll figure it out that it's very doable. But I had to leave where I was to kinda see yeah. a lot of that just having that exposure yeah, will, firsthand. Will, will make a difference man that's and I, I remember when i like i was telling you about being man he was saying man like when you grow up in a certain environment or something and, and that's all and that's, and that's all that's around you that's all you're going to see and he he made the he made the point about you say you hanging with what four or five of your friends and everybody's just working a job and everybody talking about man we got to go get this ot so we can have a big, big check he's like if that's all that you all that's around you that's all you see that's all that you're going to think about. Like, that's all that it is to life. It's like just about getting that exposure and, and being around the right things. I remember one thing that I did, um, I said before, was when I was um, when I was writing my book, 
and getting ready to put it out. What I would do was, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you, you go to work and sometimes you, you get home, you get in your comfort zone again, you get lazy, you want to take a nap, you want to eat and just yeah. chill at home. <laughs> so what I would do in that yeah. time was like put myself in the right environment. I would go to the library sometimes or I would go to Barnes and Noble and I'm just being around these people that are doing something productive, whether they're reading a book or they're typing a paper or something like that. Just being in that environment made me feel like, man, I don't need to be in here slouching around. Let me stay on what I'm doing. So I would try to do those things like that for my mind and just put me in those right environments that kind of helped me push through with um, getting my book done. Because I did it when I was working two jobs and I finally quit one of them, went home and started writing. But when I still put myself in just in just certain things like that, just put myself in those kind of positions to be around people who are doing certain things. Like you said, when you were out in California, you're saying how this stuff is expensive. But eventually, you're going to figure it out. Like everybody eventually else Eventually, you're going to adjust and figure, mm-hmm. it, and figure it out. Um, and that's that's my whole... That's my whole mindset of like, man, I'm not finna sit back and wait and be all complaining, talking about what's expensive or I gotta wait to get this in order. Like, man, I'm finna move and I'm finna move right now and I'll figure it out, you know, as we go. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times as you take those steps and that's all that's needed, man, gotta come through with the rest for you. Every time, You know what I'm saying? Or somehow, some way to get figured out. He'll send somebody your way unexpectedly, man. You just don't know and for me it's hard for me to explain that to a lot of people especially if they're not entrepreneurs mm-hmm. because they don't necessarily they don't, they don't get they don't get that they don't get why you was passionate about things how you are why you see things the way that you see them but man if you didn't experience some of this stuff and you didn't see god come through in some mysterious times mm-hmm. when you ain't have no way then you will you know what i'm saying you will know man it's i mean and man, faith, man. We went to uh California. Um, we went to Oakland, California, um, back in August. And that was I wrote down like I was telling about when I believe in just writing things down. I wrote down California, and didn't know what part of California we was going to. But I, I saw this lady had an article online, and her name is Miss Judy Townsend. She owns Mannequin Madness, and didn't know how we were gonna get out there. Any of that stuff. Reached out to her, told her I'd seen the article online where she'd be interested in sharing her story. She hit me back maybe like 15, 20 minutes later. She said, hey, I would love to come on and share your story. Have you ever been to the Bay Area? She gave her my number, exchanged email, gave her my number. She called me. Didn't know, the lady didn't know anything about me. She, I sent her a link to my website. She's seen all my stuff. She said, I love what you're doing. She said, I just want to try. She's like, how do you pay for this stuff? I said, honestly, we got a couple of local sponsors helping us, and we put up our own money. She said, I'll tell you what. Um, if you guys want to come out here, you can stay in my Airbnb. You don't have to worry about paying anything except for the cleanup fee. The cleanup fee was $145. So we got to, of course, we had to pay for our own flight, but we had somewhere to stay for $145. Yeah. You can't beat that. Yeah, exactly. So it was like those things like that, man, just reaching out. And you don't know what people are going to do for you, how they're yeah. going to help you. And she gave us somewhere to stay, and she was telling us she had to kind of get away from home, too. And she preached to us. She was like, sometimes you just have to be in fertile soil to grow. Just being away from home, you know, she said when she was born and raised, she was born in Tennessee. When she moved from Tennessee to L.A. when she was, uh, after she, when she was three years old, her family moved to L.A. And then as she got older, she moved um, down to Oakland, California by herself. But she was saying, you know, sometimes if she would have stayed in her environment, those things probably not would not have paid panned out for her because she has a mannequin business that's like a multi-million dollar mannequin business. 
They're just selling mannequins, renting mannequins that if spaces that she has, rent them out. You can use that for any type of event that you want yeah. to. She found different ways to be creative and, and make turn that into multiple streams of income. But she was saying she had to get out of her environment, get out of her comfort mm-hmm. zone, and things worked out for her. And she would look around and see other guys, other men that were um, entrepreneurs. They fell at business. They would just look at it as a lesson learned and just do something else different. But she she always says sometimes you have to get out of those comfort zones um, in order to make it in time. Yeah, I agree, man, hundred percent. Um, my my um, I think I had a couple more questions. Then um, we'll get ready to wrap it up. But I also wanted to ask you um about the the music business. You know, as far as like you know, you start out kind of like as a as for um indie artist to a certain degree. Knowing what you know about music and everything, what would you say for, for advice for, for guys that are like, or, or men or women who are in the music, like, knowing what you know, like, do you do you think it's best for them now nowadays to kind of like stay that indie route, sign deals? I know everybody's situation is going to be different. And I see a lot of artists now that, are, that have already made it. Now they look back and say, you know, they would be independent. But at the time, you know, you don't have those resources or whatever. You're just trying to get on. Yeah, so yeah, knowing yeah. what you know, what what would you say like as far as like the independent puzzle against a major? Man, I think uh, like you said, um, it's going to depend on uh, the artist, of course. Um, and I think everybody's situation is different, and it depends on what your end goal is too, as mm-hmm. well. Um, what you want to do because they both have their, you know, benefits, obviously. In the perfect world, the perfect thing would be be independent, right? Build up that independent. Then, once you got that built up so far, then you can go into the labels with uh, more leverage. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I don't got to accept anything because I already got this going. <clears throat> I already got this going over here. <clears throat> so, that would be the perfect scenario. So it just kind of like, man, you just kind of got to know what your goals are. I wouldn't say ex- accept a, a major deal too early because you're probably going to get... Uh, it always seems like the first deal they get jerked for some reason. Yeah. All like, the time. I mean, it's because you don't got no leverage in the game, really. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't got no stake in the game. And so the label just putting up, you know what I'm saying, all their money or whatever the case is. You ain't got nothing that you, you know, established on your own. So that's yeah. you know that's what it is. So I would say yeah, establish yourself first, and then figure out if you want to stay that indie route, if it's worth it to stay that indie route, or you want the machine behind you to take you, prepare yeah. you to that next level. Um, I look at it now. I feel like social media kind of helped a whole lot with artists yeah, today. Yeah, no, it, it helped a thousand percent, mm-hmm. a thousand percent. For sure, it helped. Yeah, because I was telling you before we started the interview about the story, like. Um, like behind the scenes, like Lil Yachty, how he got on yeah. his dad was sharing, yeah. dad was sharing that story, and you know SoundCloud was that outlet that really was when he posted his record on it, and that was the song, the platform that really like helped him take off. Yeah. Plus, you know his dad had that relationship with Coach K from QC, mm-hmm. tied that into you know that song taking off and put two and two together, and then everything just took off for him. But yeah, I was like social media now was like that. To me, I was like, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not a music artist, and like, I don't know everything about the business or anything like that. I don't pretend to, to act like I do, but it's like for me, I was like, man, the way social media is now, like, man, you can find an artist with a click of a button, and a lot of them have huge followings online already. So it's like, 
do you really need it? Or, mm-hmm. I mean, like you say, it's just kind of like going back to, like, I guess that situation. But a lot of times for me, when I look at it, it's like that first deal, like they always, yeah. always end up getting jumped. Yep, 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 it happens. Mm-hmm. Just what I want to ask you also about, you know, so you see you do a lot of things like in your community. I say, of course, like we talk, spoke about, you know, Flint. The, uh, the water situation years ago. What does it feel like for you to be in a position now where you're able to, like, give back and do things for your community? Man, it's one of the best feelings uh, in the world. Sometimes I feel a little bit overwhelmed mm-hmm. um, by in terms of when the response to, you know what I'm saying, a lot of things. I'm very, very, very blessed to have my city super supportive of anything I do. Like, they be waiting, you know what I'm saying, for, for something else or whatever the case is but it feels good to be able to because like i said like a lot of people know flint for like the water especially now or some other negative aspect of it whether it be crime whatever so it feels good to be able to shine the positive light you know be like the complete opposite of that give a mm-hmm. city, the city another identity or another face that people can uh know it for and i'm i mean i'm seeing Whenever we post in, like, our pictures, recap videos, whatever, people looking like, man, I need to come there. Like, it look like it's lit, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. completely. So, I mean, those types of responses, because, man, my overall goal is to always attract outsiders, you know, uh, there or whatever the case is. Um, expose, you know, other people, other people there to, you know, outside people or Mm. Something, you Would, know, to change the whole thing. Do you do you prefer to you know kind of like hide behind your brand and let it speak for itself? Because I I remember I saw a video. I think you were going through a drive through at um, Halo Burger, and they have a Beats and Beers Burger or something yeah, now. Yeah. And it was like you didn't even tell them that you were like, hey, I'm I'm the owner of a Beats and Be- Beats and Beers. Yeah. You just kind of you know just went through. Yeah, that. man. You, you kind of I mean, stay behind. I just the let the yeah. I just let the brand speak for itself. Like. I, I mean, I feel like once people know the brand, like, they'll eventually know, you know, the person behind it, which a lot of times a lot of people do know, you know what I'm saying, what's, mm-hmm. what's what. But I personally prefer that people, you know what I'm saying, know know the brand before they know uh, me. And in that case, like, yeah, the, the Beats and Beers Burger, like, I'm, and then I'm just so not that person, like, that's so, like, just gotta be out here like that or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I go through, went through the drive through that particular time, like no, I don't want to. You know what I'm saying? Do the whole flex like I'm this person. Like I don't even want you to feel that pressure or whatever the case is. Or I just don't even have to be like that person. You know what I'm saying? Like you'll know eventually, or it, it might be later on when they're like, oh, that was him, and put two and two mm-hmm. together. But I just don't feel like I have to be out here like that. I'm just, you know, just super humble about it. You know, like I don't have to do yeah. all that. That's got to be a good feeling, though, to have something that back at home and, you know, to have a a, a sandwich name after your after Yeah, your brand. man, yeah. And I just, I just like to let the work speak for itself. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people out here doing a lot of talking and ain't doing no, no work for That's real. That's a fact. But when the work is there, I mean, the proof... The proof is there. Like, I don't got to do too much, you know what I'm saying, speaking for it. It's easy to find. You know, mm-hmm. it's not it's not hard to find at all. So once the work is there and the work is, you know, solid, 
people want to know who's behind it. Yeah. So. How, how did that situation come about? Was it something where they were seeing your work and the things you were doing for the community and they reached out and said we wanted to, you know, partner up? Man, so initially we were doing a festival. So for, I mean, a lot of people that don't know, Halo Burger is a staple uh, chain restaurant that's in like the Flint and Genesee County uh, okay. area or whatever. I was going to say, because we, we definitely don't have one yeah, where we yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's in that area. And it's like the second oldest uh, chain restaurant ever or something. But um, anyway, uh, so it's very it's very legendary to the to the area. Like everybody know Halo Burger there. Hmm. But um, we were doing a festival and we were calling it... Uh, Beats and burgers, like it was gonna be a collaboration festival. This was before we got to the whole burger idea, or whatever, and uh, it was something that I was kind of pitching to them or whatever. But it didn't happen because of COVID. So during that time, it's kind of like when we was figuring out other stuff that we could do in collaboration. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of when the Beats and Beers Burger came into place, and I mean it's. Like, for me, like, that's, like, top five or maybe at the top of accomplishments when you can see them coupons and all that from fast food places coming in the mail. And it's, like, it's clear, like, on there is just big beats and beers, burger. Like, that's, like, uh, I mean, we've been seeing them since forever. Coupons and all that stuff coming in the mail from all these different fast food places. And all of that, so to be able to see that, man, that was like, whoa. Yeah, that's yeah. that's super dope, man. My, my my final two questions before we get ready to wrap it up: If you had to lay out a blueprint for a business, um, any type of business that you that you wanted to do, um, what would your blueprint for business be? In terms of like any like you just want to start a business in general, and and people watching like how how would you start a business? Any kind, just like. What kind of tools or what would you tell people they need like to, for like a blueprint of like starting a business? Man, I would say figure out the, um, figure out obviously what the, the, the name of that business is. And I feel like, man, for me, I'm such a branding and marketing person, right? Within that name, it should kind of, um, People should be able to read your name and kind of figure out somewhat of what the business is, mm-hmm. even if they don't know all. It's just good. It's just good branding. Um, figure out. Uh, do everything with a purpose as well. So don't just come with something like, "Oh, this looks like it's gonna sell." Like, I mean, of course you want some product that's gonna sell, but if you have more of a, a purpose behind it, you're more likely to be, you know, passionate about it. I mean, there's plenty of other things you can tie to it when there's a uh, a purpose, you know what I'm saying, behind it. Of course, get a good um, a good a good logo is important. Um, man, I don't know, man. So many yeah, different things. Yeah. So many different yeah. elements. Like so many, so many different. Things. Yeah, mm-hmm. so many different steps. You know, going into starting a business but man overall I man just make sure you're doing everything with a purpose a purpose behind it make sure everything is purposely driven absolutely and then my final question is one of the one that I ask everybody like well this is a cross the line podcast self investment tour so what does self investment mean to you man all in all in on yourself 
bet on yourself. Um, yeah, man, just having that 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 confidence um, in yourself, not being afraid to believe in you, not being afraid to just count on you. You know what I'm saying? But as a matter of fact, I just want to say this to everybody anyway, man. Believe in your ideas. Because a lot of people are going to try to sway you away from that, sway you away from your original thoughts. People trying to tell you stuff that ain't never did nothing that's even remotely close to what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I'm saying? People not in your minds. People don't know what's, what's going on in your mind. Nobody knows that but you. So, just uh, stay true to your ideas and believe in them. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that's a perfect way to wrap up this interview because, man, a lot of times, so many people, they're not going to see it, and you can get so caught up in, in consumed with the real world and just working to pay bills that you put your dreams on hold. You'll say, man, I'm going to do this later on. Or, mm-hmm. I'm going to wait till I pay this off or pay that off or the kids go a bit older. But you have to understand nothing is guaranteed. You're not guaranteed to be here tomorrow, so why keep putting off your dreams and your visions of what you want to do? You got to go figure out a way to make it happen because it's one of the things I've learned. It's never going to be a perfect time, ever. Man, I try to tell so many people this all the time. The time is never perfect. You're Mm -hmm. never going to have all the ducks in a row. It's impossible. And the people who wait on the perfect time actually never, ever get started. Never get started. Yeah, because it's just no such thing as the perfect time. Yep. I can go on and on about yeah. that. Man, I, I remember the time my first, the first tour. I'm gonna say this, and then we will get ready to wrap it up. The first tour when we did last year, when we were getting ready to fly to Jacksonville, Florida. Man, I had so many issues with my car. Man, it was running hot, and just everything was just going wrong with it, man. And I was like, dang, man, am I really gonna go on tour now, or am I? I just need to go ahead and fix my car. But I kept telling myself, man, what am I gonna keep doing? Is make keep making excuses and not trying to do what I want to do, or what? Are we gonna really do it? So I was like, you know what, man. I'm, Take care of the car. Everything will work out, man. And I said, you know what? We're going to hit the road. And we flew. First, that was my first time ever getting on a plane. I was 28 years old, hopping on a plane to Jacksonville, Florida. And one of the best things I ever did in my life, man. I took a chance and flew down there, met some great people, man. We had a good time. But had I kept letting situa- circumstances like that with, like, car issue or got to pay bills, kids need something. Yeah. You get so caught up in that stuff, man, that you'll just forget, like, I need. I want to focus on what I want to do, and then as you look back, man, time passes by months and years, and then you look back like, man, I wish I would have had the chance, to, you mm-hmm. know, do what I really wanted to do, man. But like you say, you just gotta be all in, bet on yourself, and just don't wait till the perfect time because it's not coming at all. Mm-hmm. But Brandon, I want to. I want to thank you again for your time, man. I appreciate it. Um, this was a great interview. Before we get out of here, can you tell everybody how to find you on online on social media? Uh, you can find uh, me personally at uh, B Quarter Beats. That's B C O R D E R B A T S. You can find that on everything: Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. And uh, the brand uh, Beats and Beers, uh, Beats X Beers on uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, BeatsXBeers.com. Um, and yeah, it's everything. Yeah. And I got guys I know they they might they probably gonna want me to ask this as well. They the music artists, they um I saw you were doing um something uh you doing applications for like the South by Southwest. Yeah, we got the submissions open now. Yeah, yeah. so is that for artists to you know yeah, submit yeah, yeah. any artist from anywhere. Yep. 
Okay, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. guy, anybody that's watching this, uh, male, female, your artist, think about going to South by Southwest. Make sure you enter your submissions. Um, definitely, I definitely want to try to get out there, man. I, I really wasn't aware of what South by Southwest was until about a few years ago when I first did this. And I had a friend that was telling me he went out there. He's a music artist, uh, Troop Dizzle. Shout out to Troop. And he was the one who kind of told me about South by okay, Southwest. Okay. I, I really didn't know what it, what it was, but, man, I would love to, you know, I'm like to go out there and just see it be yeah, around man, it's a good time yeah so i definitely will try to make try to make my way out there but thank you again brandon and hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode of the cross the line podcast so until next time keep chasing your dreams this is cross the line podcast self-investment tour thank you for listening